Wednesday presented a great chance for the Winnipeg Jets to stamp their ticket in essence to the playoffs by a, uh, a major win over the Calgary Flames. But unfortunately, instead of a victory, the Jets tasted bitter defeat with a 3-1 loss at the hands of Jacob Markstrom. We'll dive into this game and what caused the Jets to fall out and whether or not this significantly hurts them in their playoff chase on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Like I said at the top of the episode, uh, Winnipeg, you know, they came into this game, one of the biggest games of the season, maybe one of the biggest Jets games of the last, I don't know, four or so years. This was a major opportunity for the Jets to, in just about every sense, stamp their ticket to the playoffs. If they were to beat the Calgary Flames at home, this would basically seal Calgary's fate and just about seal uh, Nashville's fate as well despite the Preds having a big win in overtime against the Vegas Golden Knights the previous day, they'd basically have to be pretty much perfect if you know the Jets got this result and a victory against Nashville on Saturday. Instead of moving um, essentially four points ahead, as they say with uh, those, those head-to-head matchups, Winnipeg ended up finding itself on the wrong end of a 3-1 loss to the Flames, which puts the Jets in a really tough spot. They're now tied with the Flames in terms of standings points, but thankfully because of um, having a game in hand and the head-to-head record and all that stuff um, with a tiebreaker for you know regulation wins and all that, the Jets, I believe, are still um, in that second wildcard spot, but the reality is this, right? Winnipeg really could have taken care of business, could have essentially come away with this game with a massive win, and they would have basically been in the postseason for all intents and purposes. It would have taken a very big collapse for them to uh, fall out of it, or the the Preds basically being perfect the rest of the season. Now, though, the Jets are going to find themselves in a bit of a tough spot. But for this game, right, what went wrong for the Jets? Quite honestly, the biggest thing was Jacob Markstrom. Now, I know a lot of you are going to say, well, the Jets weren't generating all that many dangerous chances, didn't get into those uh, low slot areas, and that's that's not really true. Honestly, Winnipeg did a better job than you might expect against a Flames team that, quite honestly, knows how to jam up the neutral zone and the low slot area really well. Calgary's entire game plan is often uh, centered around being very disruptive, blocking shooting and passing lanes, and making life heck for just about anyone who tries to enter the offensive zone. The Jets, I think, did pretty okay work in the OZ. There were good passing lanes. Uh, I think the Jets rotated well. In general, Winnipeg could also get down to the slot when it felt like it. I thought that there were some really good center slot drives. 
Occasionally there were some really good uh, near post shots and, you know, shooting angles and collected rebounds. But ultimately the biggest difference was Jacob Markstrom just apparently going full uh, Dominic Hasek for 60 minutes. I don't know why he suddenly fixed his game after the previous outing against the, the, uh, the Blackhawks was terrible, but the Jets unfortunately could not find, you know, a couple of goals to get this one through. And it's really unfortunate. Winnipeg had some glorious chances. I think a lot of us were kind of in disbelief when Morrissey watched the puck basically get stopped by, I think, either Markstrom's shaft of his stick or his stomach as he was rolling around on the crease late in the game. Thought for sure Morrissey might be able to score, bring this game back into focus and get the Jets uh, within either one or tied. I forget if it was at that point 3-1 or not. But... Um, Instead, the Jets just really couldn't get things going as hard as they tried and as much as they pushed that, you know, go-ahead goal or even the tying goal just seemingly eluded them. Now, I will say that despite the overall effort being solid, probably is worth shouting out that the top line was atrocious. And it wasn't necessarily Shifley in this one, right? I thought Mark's game was solid. Uh, Maybe not the most uh, spectacular that we're sometimes used to with him, but solid. If anything, though, I think his line mates and and Dubois and Connor just really didn't show up. Uh, Connor especially had a horrendous, nightmarishly bad game. I know he scored Winnipeg's only goal on the power play, but if you saw his work on the power play before, you would kind of wonder how on earth he still got the ice time to have that, uh, that second power play chance. He was just, yeah, the more I watch him this year, the more it becomes apparent that he's just not a player that I think Long-term really fits what the Jets need. I know that goal scoring is one of those things that's a premium for Winnipeg, but Kyle kills so many plays offensively and is struggling to know what to do to get himself out of trouble. Uh, It's at a point where I think the Jets, you know what, you might actually consider trading him in the offseason. I know that sounds crazy, especially for Kyle Connor, who was, you know, one of the league's top scorers last year. But the stuff that he does when he's not really utilizing his line mates and kind of just sort of doing Kyle Connor in the offensive zone. It's it's frustrating because I feel like he passes up really good scoring opportunities and instead of getting himself into really good spots, he turns it over and creates odd man rushes the other way. So Kyle's had a, a howler of a season. He's not scoring that much. And when you see some of the defensive work that he does, it's it's enough to make your eyes bleed. And it's not like Dubois was really carrying the load either. Dubois was mostly invisible except for uh, getting into some fisticuffs with people. But that that net driving presence, that big hawking figure that the Jets really need him to be, especially down low, again, wasn't really present for me. And when your top line, that power trio that you really hope is going to carry you through, doesn't score, it puts the Jets in a really tough position. Now we'll talk about what that tough position is and how the Jets can work out of it ahead of their game against the Nashville Predators in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to the number of threes drained. And for those of you who are tracking stuff like career milestones for LeBron James, maybe you want to cast a bet on what he'll finish the season with in terms of his career scoring. 
Maybe you want to predict the next NBA champion. I don't follow basketball enough to be able to give you any sort of advice, but they have plenty of great articles and resources for you to stay ahead of the game and make sure that you're always in the know. And best of all, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are circling back to talking about um, the the position that Winnipeg is now in thanks to a loss to the Flames and ultimately how the Jets can kind of react and respond to this, right? I think in a lot of ways, you know, this game was kind of a good visualization of what has gone wrong this season because in a lot of areas, the Jets did stuff from the first part of the season that got them, you know, quite a few wins. I think the low slot chances, the high danger opportunities – and the creativity down low, that for the Jets, I thought, in this game was pretty decent. But uh, this time they actually got goalie. They kind of got hellebucked, which is really funny. Usually they're doing this to other teams. So we are due a few opportunities where a, a goalie shuts us out or, or does really well against us. But this one probably wasn't the game that I was expecting. But I suppose in Markstrom's defense, you know, he at one point was a Vezina uh, candidate a couple of seasons ago. So he does still have some juice left in the, in the tank once in a while, but still, yeah, I think in principle, you know, it's just frustrating to see the Jets struggling to finish opportunities. Now, if I, I have one particular complaint about this game uh, that's not related to the the top line, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, I, I know that Bones is going to see his turnovers and think that his defensive work is somehow insufficient, but, like, the reality is Ehlers playing uh, among the least of Winnipeg's forwards, even if it was a very uh, special teams heavy game, just really shouldn't be happening. If you're going to play Shifley and Wheeler and guys like that 20 minutes, you got to find time for Ehlers to have something close to that. Nick is our most creative force. He had an assist on the only Jets goal of the evening. He's been raking it in the past few games. I don't know what more Nick has to do to prove to Bones that you really can trust him. And like, I get if Rick doesn't think he's like a defensive stalwart, but like, who on this team really is, to be honest, right? Menelainen, who is used on the PK and everything, he's good on the PK, but like defensively everywhere else when it's not uh, 4v5, he's kind of been a disaster this year. Uh, who else? I guess Carson Kuhlman has brought some defensive value, but doesn't really do enough for me on a consistent basis to merit consideration for um, like a needle mover, right? He's done his job capably, and he's been a serviceable enough fourth liner, but beyond that, not really expecting Kuhlman to do uh, a lot of the offensive stuff that the Jets are really looking for. And so I see Ehlers mixing in with ice time similar to, you know, similar to those guys, and I don't understand it because like he's one of our top primary scorers. He's a very good force at both even strength and on the power play. I I just I, I would love to know the logic of this. I, I think that there is a real problem with how the Jets have used and, and valued Ehlers over the years. And it's in very stark relief right now when the Jets can't score and their most creative playmaking force is not getting as much ice time as a lot of the grinders. So all of that to say, uh, you know, if you find Ehlers more time, if you get him more and more shifts out there and you put him into the top six role that he really deserves, 
I think you'll see him really start to blossom. Uh, Nemesnikov and Wheeler did pretty well with him this evening, relatively speaking. I will say that Wheeler, uh, for me, looked really slow and old again. I mean, he's had that happen a couple of times this year where pucks sort of bounce off of him. He's not able to receive passes that he normally would cleanly and just doesn't seem able to keep up as much. So Ehlers and Nemesnikov have developed enough chemistry to where they've been able to mask some of that. But long-term, yeah, probably not a line combo you want to rely on if you're trying to advance in the postseason. Now, speaking of all of that and all of our frustrations aside, you know, the, the position for the Jets is is tough, but it doesn't necessarily mean Winnipeg is like down and out for the count when it comes to uh, the playoff run. I, I think the most likely scenario is the Jets still make the postseason anyways, despite the loss to Calgary. Now, if they lose to the Preds on Saturday, that's a different story. Suddenly things are starting to get a little bit dicey and Winnipeg might legitimately be in trouble. But as it is right now, eh, you know, Winnipeg, I think for me, is kind of in um, the bubble territory, you know, where you, you're you're decent enough to be in the dance, relatively speaking, but you're not good enough to scare anyone. And I think the Jets have been riding this a lot this season. Uh, Hellebuck is probably the only part of this team that really scares anyone um, other than, I guess, Nikolai Ehlers when he explodes and has a monster game, but he continually gets benched. So I think the only player that you would really be worried about if you're an opponent is Hellebuck taking the Jets through a couple of rounds, but that's a few weeks away at least. In the meantime, the Jets still have a handful of games to get through. Uh, they've got two more home games and then some stuff on the road to finish out the season against ugh, Minnesota and Colorado. Talk about a really tough road trip to end the season. But Winnipeg, if they want to be the best, they've got to beat the best. And I think this is a chance for them to really show Jets fans what they're made of. They had a decent enough game against um uh, against uh, their most recent opponent in Calgary, but you know, decent doesn't necessarily get you victories. And while you could say that they definitely got goalied, you know, finishing has been a problem with this team for the past several months. So I'm not inclined to give them as much of a break when we know that they can do a bit better. But it is what it is. We will keep you updated on how the Jets' playoff odds are looking and how their opponents that are directly chasing them are doing because that will inform what Winnipeg's uh, necessary points totals are to make the postseason a reality. But for the you know final little bit of the show, just going to hand out a few more player and even coaching staff report cards for a few folks who we haven't gotten around to yet. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could handpick the best stars for your business team? If you're building your business talent roster, you need Indeed. You can find top talent with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. You won't have to spend hours waiting on multiple job sites because obviously they're going to pull all of these great candidates for you, and they have extremely sophisticated matching software that can help you find the exact right candidate or you get your money back. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search based on Indeed's data. Obviously, this is really important because the matching service that they offer is really great at helping them identify key talent to match to your job profile requirements. I've used Indeed myself as a user and somebody who was applying to jobs. I thought it was really convenient, very straightforward to use, and all of their sponsored posts are quite easy to find. So this is a great time for you to get involved. 
Indeed knows that when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring right now. Again, just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing is not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just wrapping up real quick with some player and uh, coaching staff review uh, report cards, end-of-season report cards. We've done a few of these already. Uh, just want to finish out a few of them that I think are worth pointing out. Uh, one of them is Dylan Sandberg, who is one of our really fun young defenders and a player that I think should be a Jet for a long time. He might get swapped out as part of some trade acquisition if the Jets are trying to trade for young talent, uh, maybe like a forward or something. But I would really recommend that the Jets hang on to Dylan because aside from DeMello, he's like our best defender in terms of the uh, impact in, in his own defensive zone. You know, most of the Jets' defense is is less inclined defensively. I mean, you've got Dylan, you've got DeMello, and now you have Sandberg. And Sandberg is actually pretty decent at carrying the puck as well. So you're you're getting decent mobility. You're getting a guy who's defensively aware. He can also work on the PK. And, uh, you know, aside from a rough stint with Pionk, in general, Sandberg has been pretty darn steady. I, I've been impressed with him this year. And I think his growth into a potential second-pairing defender is certainly on track with how he's played so far. If I'm going to give him a letter grade, I'm going to give him a B plus. I think that he's had a couple of rough patches, like you would expect. He is still very young. He's still not much different than a rookie. And so, you know, he's he's getting NHL reps. But, you know, in between then, he does occasionally get benched in favor of, like, I don't know, Logan Stanley or something. But I still feel that, for me, Sandberg is one of our, our brightest defensive young members. I think that he can be a player for the Jets for many years. And I hope that he does uh, without putting the Jets in undue cap heck, right? So something to keep an eye on, but an eye on, but... You know, Sandberg doesn't really score a lot of points. So, you know, as a pure defender, he probably won't get a huge extension in terms of payday when that rolls around. But, you know, by that point, you know, this Jets might look a little bit different. Speaking of defenders, uh, you know, Sandberg's partner oftentimes is Nate Schmidt. And for me, Schmidt this year, I just don't really know what to think of his game other than he's there and he occasionally does some things that are good in terms of passing and shooting. Sometimes he carries the puck effectively, but the rest of his game, I, I just, I don't really notice anything particular about it other than that defensively, he's not so great. And offensively, he has struggled at times this year. I, I feel like the, the best grade for him is like a C plus to a B minus somewhere in that range. You know, I, I think that Schmidt certainly works hard and he's a very likable player and a very big voice in the locker room with a big heart. But in terms of the on-ice contributions, it's just been a little more modest than I was hoping. Uh, obviously, he's still very talented at moving the puck, and there are moments where you see what made him such a desirable player when he was with the Washington Capitals. But the version of Schmidt that we have nowadays is not, not as ideal as you'd like, uh, to the point where you wonder at some point if the Jets essentially pay somebody to take on part of his deal and try and trade him away. But stuff for the future... The final report card that I really want to give tonight um, that I think is is kind of a polarizing one is going to be the coaching staff. And I'm going to give them, I would say, a B-. I think Winnipeg's coaching staff has fixed the PK in a lot of areas. 
Um, the even strength play has generally been stronger, but where I think the Jets coaching staff, bonus included, you know, the, where I think they've fallen uh, a bit of far of the field is in terms of lineups, ice like time on ice deployments, and trying to give your team the right mindset when you are facing high stakes games. I don't want the Jets to play like they're playing not to lose. I think that is when they do lose because they can't really play uh, a slow, patient defensive game. They've got to be aggressive. They've got to force the issue early. And I think the Jets, especially in a game like they should against the Flames, were just tentative against a team that defends pretty well. And I think the Jets can do better than what they showed us. Um, whether they'll show it to, to us uh, this year or or during the postseason or maybe next season, I don't know. Um, but bonus and, and the coaching staff, I think, for me, the, the first half of the season was really strong, and then it's tailed off for the past few months. It's not enough to where I'm like going to give them like a C plus or something that harsh, but I feel like a B minus at least leaves room to kind of go either way, depending on how they handle their final few weeks of the season. But let me know what you would give the coaching staff and the players I mentioned. Drop your thoughts on their report card grades in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen today. Make your second listen Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, and every result, Lockdown Game to Game covers all of the biggest stories around the NHL with local analysis that only we can provide. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NHL, available on your favorite podcasting platform and YouTube. Again, it is free to subscribe, so do so right now. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.